The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning, December the 14th, 2021. It is 7.02 on your Tucson Tuesday, and you're listening live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and uh, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. So glad to be with you, and today... We flex our uh, our local, you know, being the the only local morning talk show doing sports in the city of Tucson. We get to flex that today because it's almost completely, almost entirely local news today. There is so much stuff happening in the city of Tucson, in the state of Arizona, as, as it pertains to sports, whether it be NFL, college football, college basketball, women's and men's college baseball, as other things and and other sports on campus get heated up. And, of course, we have the early signing, the uh, football signing period, the early signing period coming down tomorrow as uh, a lot of the uh, early commits across the country get to sign their NLIs and uh, get to uh, uh, sign, you know, essentially sign their name and get their the next step, the next stage of their career, of their lives, of their future started with a uh, with a commitment to a football program and a campus to go learn on. And Arizona is, <laughs> look, they're running right down to the wire right now. Jed Fish and his staff are uh, feverishly, as are other staffs across the country, don't, don't get me wrong, like the only ones out there uh, hustling right now. Uh, but I, I tell you what, the job that, uh, that Jed Fish and his staff are doing right now is <laughs> it's hard to comprehend because, you know, as you're going through some of these recruiting, uh, you know, websites and stuff and you're looking at the players and you're looking at guys and, and, you know, names and rumors and such that are popping up and you look at a guy and all of a sudden you see that big trademarked block A under his name as a, uh, you know, a potential commit, you know, and, and somebody who has been offered and had a visit uh, even to the to the U of A campus and then you see all of the surrounding logos, logos like LSU, Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson. Uh, and you're just like, whoa, are we like, are we really involved in this? Like, are we are we really in on this guy? And I I, I understand that you know you can you can throw out limitless uh, offers to, to to kids if you if you want to if you're one of those big programs and. You know, you can just kind of ignore the kid or, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, some of these practices are a little bit uh, harsh to these young men and their families, but nonetheless, it is what it is. And so, I mean, you know, there's plenty of times where in Alabama we'll offer somebody and then the kid says, well, who else do you have offered? Well, we have seven other kids offered at your position and all of them are at or above your current star rating or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and, you know, even though he has an offer from Alabama, it's not a legit um, committable type of offer unless he's just it's just a dream of his to go play for Alabama, regardless of he's, you know, if he's Rudy Rudiger, just kind of getting beat up in practice on the practice squad or if he's going to be a star for the uh, for the team and showing out on Saturdays and in bowl games. So uh, we'll talk plenty of recruiting 
coming up in a bit. A lot of, a lot of recruiting to, uh, to talk about. Arizona introduced their newest staff member earlier this week. We'll talk about the addition of defensive assistant Jason Kafusi and kind of see where he's going to fit in, what he brings to the, uh, what he brings to the program as far as his uh, resume. Again, I have plenty of basketball to discuss today, men's basketball, some awards handed out again for some uh, basketball players uh, under Tommy Lloyd's uh, tutelage there, and uh, some big games coming up this week before they head out to Knoxville next week to take on the ranked volunteers down in Tennessee. Women's basketball gets a huge shot in the arm last night, and uh, Adia Barnes is just putting together one incredible recruiting class and another name on the recruiting class list for Adia Barnes and women's basketball for next year might be tied to a football recruit where Jed Fish and Adia Barnes may have kind of done the old tag team on uh, on these particular recruits there it's a a twin brother and sister that uh, are supposedly a package deal and uh, we'll talk about that coming up when we get into women's basketball but we're going to begin in the NFL, it was a huge game last night on Monday Night Football, the uh, the culmination of Week 14 in the NFL. The Cardinals and the Rams, two of the top teams in the NFC, the two top teams in the NFC West, clashing in Glendale. And once again, it was the Cardinals kind of, I don't want to say just going through the motions because I thought they played hard, but a very, very highly mistake uh, prone game for the Arizona Cardinals playing at home. They have now dropped three in a row at home. Going back to the Green Bay game, which seems like forever ago, <laughs> because the Cardinals have been on the road a few times. They've had a bye week in there. Uh, it seems like forever ago since they lost to the uh, to the Green Bay Packers. They get stomped by the Carolina Panthers. And last night in Glendale, they just got out-hustled, out-physicaled, uh, the Rams showed up with a physical mindset that we're going to just play as hard as we possibly can, and they did. And that, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Cardinals. I thought the Cardinals played hard last night. They they, they obviously didn't give up. They had a chance to, um, to t- at least tie the game with a potential opportunity to win the game late, which we'll get into in uh, in a moment. But I thought I thought they played hard. I just – the Rams played harder. It's just the basically the what it comes down to. And the Rams superstars showed up big time on Monday Night Football on the big stage. Like it, was, it was a huge game. They get notification. Uh, Sean McVay, head coach, gets notification merely what, four hours, five hours before kickoff last night that five of his players were going to be out of the game because they've tested positive for COVID or there was contract contract tracing. Uh, you know, that it occurred. Two of the names on the list were huge names for the Rams, which cornerback Jalen Ramsey was unable to play. Um, he had to return on a, on a private jet because he tested positive for COVID-19. And tight end Tyler Higby, who's really the only tight end that they use, um, was kind of like he had a positive test and a negative test. They didn't know, but they have to stick with the positive. Regardless, if you get a negative test, if you get a positive, you're done. Like, that's that's it. Even though he took multiple tests, they had differing results, he was out of the game. So in the hours leading up to kickoff, they had to tell Coach McVay that, uh, that, that you know two of, his, two of his major players and three other guys 
we're going to be out of the game. He quote he said, uh, my initial reaction it was, you got to be bleeping me. Uh, you don't replace those kinds of guys. And he's right. He you know he absolutely is correct uh, with that. You don't replace Jalen Ramsey, and you can only hope to replace a guy like Tyler Higby. But what happened last night was their superstars showed up and played. In in my opinion, and, and like I don't watch every snap of Rams football, but I felt like between Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup, they played their best games of the season. And maybe the numbers don't show that. You know, Stafford has had bigger numbers in games this year. You know, not times where he's thrown for over 400 yards and multiple touchdowns, and you know, just put up huge numbers. But it was, it was the sharpest I've seen Matthew Stafford in years. He was putting the ball in places that you could only do if you were just drawing up the play. Like, we're going to put the ball right here. We have to deliver the ball right right there. You, I mean, in real time, under pressure, trying to throw the football, like all these other things, all these factors that are, that are, uh, that are in play when you are playing a live game of football, to have the ability to place – football so perfectly passes so perfectly the way that he did last night there was like four or five of them that I was just like the Cardinals the Cardinals had it covered and he it was just perfectly throw the the the, uh, the touchdown that he threw to to Cooper Cup like the three what was it the five-yard touchdown or four-yard touchdown it was it, like Marco Wilson the rookie corner and a, and a good one I mean, he's had a good season for the Cardinals this year you can't cover it any better than that unless you outrun the wide receiver to the route, which doesn't happen in those short of windows, you know, when you're talking goal line, he had it covered perfectly. And they talked about it on the, on the, on the broadcast. They're like, if that ball is six inches more inside, Marco Wilson's running down the sidelines with a, with a potential pick six. And they're right. The ball was placed perfectly. And that was just one of several throws that Matthew Stafford was I, I, just – to even say pinpoint accuracy would would be an affront on how accurate Matthew Stafford was last night. He was just absolutely incredible. It was I thought it was his best game of the season. I, I haven't seen it's probably his best game in years. I haven't seen him throw the ball that well in a long time. It was very impressive. Aaron Donald on the defensive side absolutely just dominated the Cardinals offensive line. Uh, it started early. He got a sack on the first play of the game, and it it just didn't end for the entire 60 minutes. He was just a relentless, uh, just a beast on defense. And it got into the Cardinals' offensive linemen's heads. You could tell they were flinching. There were several, uh, there were several false start penalties in big moments. He was held. I, I mean, there's holding calls on every play. You hear it all the time, la, la, la the holding calls against against Aaron Donald, like they were they were like ripping his jersey off like it, it was they were very obviously just getting their butts whipped by Aaron Donald last night there was nothing that they could do they tried double teams they tried uh chips they and then you know the rams moved him all around obviously they, it's what you do with a guy like Aaron Donald they moved him all up and down the uh, the defensive line cardinals could they, they didn't have an answer for him it didn't matter what kind of coverage the Rams were running. It was Aaron Donald, pressure, pressure, pressure. In fact, they had 26 pressures in the game last night, did the Rams. Now, Kyler Murray dropped back to pass 49 times. 26 pressures. If you think about it, like you've been watching football a long time. I don't have to sit here and tell you this kind of stuff, but 
when you when you're watching a game, you'll see like a statistic in the fourth quarter, and you'll see you know they'll say like you know so and so under pre- Matt Ryan under pressure, you know, and there's you know knockdowns and hits and pressures, and a lot of times what the analyst will do is they're like, look at this, 14 pressures today. He's just been under extreme duress all day long. Like if you get uh, depending on how many times they drop back, but if you get a dozen to 15 pressures on a quarterback, that's huge. Like, that's that's a lot. That's like saying, you know, uh, like, like when you watch Christian Coloco play, if even though he didn't get the block, if his defensive, uh, you know, prowess, his length, caused a, an offensive uh, opponent to divert their shot and, and miss the shot, you know, there's no statistic for that, but he, you know, his defense kept them from, you know, from being able to score an easy bucket. That's kind of what pressures do. It keeps you from throwing the football easily. The Rams had 20 – that's like double what you normally get in a, in a game where your team plays really well on defense. So the offensive line for the, for the, uh, for the Cardinals yesterday was, uh, was abysmal. They cost their team a lot of yards, not only in sacks. There was 40 yards in sacks in the game um, for the Rams' defense, but also in penalties, in, especially in big moments. And we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, in just a minute. Now, the other superstar that really showed up big time for the Rams, and I, and I talked about it yesterday, like this is the key to the game is making sure you keep Cooper Cup in check. Uh, there have not been teams this year, you know, in his his you know, record-setting pace that he's on right now uh, in the NFL, you know, with his 103 catches, or 100, he had 100 catches coming into the game and 1,288 yards and 11 touchdowns. The only game that he that he performed poorly in was the first game against the Arizona Cardinals. They shut him down. They targeted him 13 times, but he only had five catches for, like, 61 yards. So I'm like, you know, yesterday I said, look, you got you to gotta make sure you keep Cooper Cup in check. You can't let that guy just run roughshod all over your uh, all over your defense. So what the Cardinals did is they let him run roughshod all over their defense. He had 13 catches, 123 yards. Uh, did have a touchdown in the game as well, 15 targets in the game, 13 catches, which is one shy of a Monday Night Football record. I was kind of surprised to hear that. I figured like the Monday Night Football record was like Terrell Owens or something with like 18 or something, but no, that uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, 14 is the uh, Monday Night Football record. He was one shy of that. He was everywhere. He and they were throwing it to him short. They are throwing it to him deep. They are throwing it on the goal line. He was lined up against linebackers, corners. It didn't matter. <laughs> he was everywhere. So the big three for the Rams uh, when they needed to in a big game that they had to have on the road without several of their starters who had to go home, uh, basically get on an airplane and go home uh, because they tested positive for COVID, stepped up. Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup were huge last night. Also, Odell Beckham Jr. had a great game last night as well. He finally showed up. He had six catches, 77 yards, scored a touchdown. And a, and a big play in the game that may have gone unnoticed by a lot of people, but late in the game, you know, the, the Rams are trying to just run out the clock. They're trying to milk the clock as best they can. They're under they're under five minutes. They got a two score uh, lead. They're trying to just do, you know do the best they can to uh, to um, you know just milk the clock. And they threw a wide receiver screen to Odell Beckham. It got read easily by the Cardinals defense, and he ran out of bounds. And Matthew Stafford and half of you know most of the players on the field and half of the sideline were groaning because it's like what are you doing? You ran out of bounds. Well, Odell Beckham immediately starts 
waving his arm, swinging his arm around like wave, you know, run the clock, let's keep that clock going, and he was absolutely right. What a, a an incredibly intelligent play and decision by Odell Beckham because it's a little-known rule in the NFL that if you run out of bounds, you know, in, in those you know in those times where they can stop the clock for running out of bounds, if you run out of bounds moving laterally or moving backwards, the clock does not stop. You can only stop the clock by running out of bounds if you're moving forward or in a forward direction or you get tackled moving forward, trying to, uh, you know, trying to establish a, a, a forward line of progress. So he's like, okay, I'm not going to get blown up by these three dudes. I'm just going to run out of bounds, but I better make sure I go backwards because that will keep the clock running. And you can you see Matthew Stafford. He's like, what are you doing? And then he kind of realized, like, oh, they're going to keep the clock running here. And then he, then you could tell he realized like, he, ran out of, he ran backwards. Smart play. That was, that was kind of one of the more unheralded plays um, from last night and really, really heads-up smart decision by Odell Beckham Jr., who had, had a, a big game for the, for the Rams as well. But the Rams just established early they were going to be the more physical team. They beat the Cardinals up. Uh, and, you know, even though Kyler Murray had a pretty good game, the two interceptions that were, uh, that were deep in zones – were difficult um, for them to uh, to come back from, and it, you know it just like I thought like I didn't think the Cardinals' game plan was all that great specifically offensively. I thought that you know they, they didn't even really try to establish the run. James Conner had 13 carries for 31 yards. Kyler Murray did have 61 yards rushing, but you know obviously several of those were scrambles and and you know things like that where it ended up. You know, getting some yardage, getting some rush yards. He did have some designed runs, but not a whole lot. Cardinals only ran the ball 22 times the entire game. He threw the ball 49 times. Now they were down um, for a, you know a, a large chunk of the game, but the game was tied at halftime. So I don't think it was all that um, all that you know important that they try to throw the ball 50 times in a game. They just didn't establish the run. And you know the one tough guy that did really show up, I, Kyler Kyler played tough. I mean, he got beat up pretty good in the game. But James Conner, you know, his the, the two touchdowns that he scored, he was stopped three yards before the goal line. And he just kept his legs churning. That, if, if you want to – if you're a coach, a head coach, an offensive coach, a running backs coach, clip those pieces, those two, to, those two touchdown pieces for film to show your kids when you're coaching them how to play the running back position. You say, when we tell you to keep your feet moving, keep your legs churning, this is what we mean. Watch what happens here. Bang. Contact is made. One, two linebackers in there. He keeps his legs churning. Got into the end zone both times. It's just a really impressive, tough guy move there by James Conner. Um, and I, and he was, you know, he was the best thing that the Cardinals had in the game. AJ Green played well. Um, he had a couple of, of mental errors in the game, but seven catches for 102 yards. He was uh, very, very important. But James Conner was just, he was incredible for the Cardinals last night, and it just wasn't enough. Uh, you know, unfortunately for the uh, for the Cardinals, who drop another game at home, the final thirty to twenty three against the Rams. Now, offensively, the you know the the card the uh, the Rams established the run early. Uh, Sony Michelle, I thought, played pretty well considering they were going to be without Daryl Henderson, their starting running back. Uh, they forced the Cardinals, you know, kind of into some. Um, defensive looks that maybe they didn't want to with some personnel that was on the field that maybe they didn't want to have on the field. And then defensively, the Rams just played shell defense and forced the Cardinals to, to keep sustained drives to uh, to move the ball down the field instead of trying to get those big chunk plays that the Cardinals are used to. You know, the biggest plays 
for the Cardinals last night. You know, it was a 47-yard play to Christian Kirk, which was a great, a great play. A.J. Green had a 36-yard play. And then, uh, you know, Connor had a 17- or 18-yard reception and, you know, a 13-yard run, but really not a whole lot of big plays for the uh, for the Cardinals. Meanwhile, there was 45, 42, 52, 26-yard receptions for the uh for the for the Rams. And uh once they established a run, they were able to drive the ball deep down the field. So, uh props to the Rams on their uh on their their uh, management of the of the scheme and able to come in with a good game plan. Now, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, when it all came down to the finish there, uh, you know, the final final two drives. And that's what a lot of games in the NFL come down to. It's why we love the sports so much. It all comes down to, you know, a final chance, a team with with a chance to to get back in the game, especially at home with the as good as the Cardinals have been all year. They had an opportunity to potentially tie or potentially win the football game, but some clock management issues that I noticed immediately. I didn't even have to go back and think about it or look at the I was I was screaming at my television. I wasn't even rooting for anybody. I was just screaming at my television. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And I'll explain what I'm talking about next. Now, the Arizona Bowl Bash, uh, presented by ESPN Tucson. We present the Taco Bell New Year's Eve Downtown Bowl Bash. It's going to be taking place immediately after the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. It's going to be at Tucson Times Square right there at Tool and Congress. Uh, the, uh, the party begins at 6 o'clock. It is free admission. There's live music. There's going to be food trucks, a beer garden. There's fun for the family, things for the kiddos to do. And we'll ring in the new year at 2023, uh, 2022, midnight 2022, with the famous taco drop and a fireworks display from the Hotel uh, Congress roof. Stay tuned. The Cardinals' fatal flaw in the game last night. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Now, let's go back to where things really fell apart for the Cardinals. And it was their clock management in the final two drives that was absolutely horrible. And I mean game-changing awful. With a minute 13 left, the Rams called timeout. Cardinals are facing a second and nine at the plus 27, the L.A. Rams 27. Now, it was at, at that point that I personally would have just kicked the field goal. It's second and nine. The Rams are for, they're playing shell. They're forcing you to throw the ball underneath. You haven't been able to get much outside the entire game they're just they're just forcing you to to funnel into the middle. They're going to tackle you before you get to the to the uh, to the first down marker. You're out of timeouts. Just kick the field goal. Okay, you got Matt Prater. A 44 yard field goal is not a problem for him. I would have just kicked the field goal there. But Cliff Kingsbury decided he wanted to dial up another play. Now, the play that he dialed up, I was fine with. They tried to go for the home run. They tried to score the touchdown right then and there. They dialed up a deep end zone route to DeAndre Hopkins. He was double covered. Our Kyler Murray didn't notice that because he was under pressure again and was backpedaling and threw the ball blindly off of his back foot into double coverage. Thankfully, DeAndre Hopkins was able to disrupt the pass enough to cause an incompletion. Now, at that point, I'm like, okay, 
now he's definitely going to kick the field goal because it's third and nine at the plus 27, and that, that play took seven seconds, a minute six left on the clock. I'm like, okay, now he's got to kick the field goal. This is where the fatal flaw occurred because at that moment, on third and nine, he decided that he was going to run a play. I don't know what the play was because it was over rather quickly as the Rams had a jailbreak and came and got Kyler Murray. He was sacked for a four-yard loss, and now it's fourth and 13 at the 31. The field goal becomes, you know, four yards more difficult. But most importantly, the clock was running. And after a sack, it is difficult for you know, for the players to get back because the receiver's got to run all the way back. The linemen have to collect themselves. The quarterback has to get up. There's a lot of things going on. Sack is like the worst thing that can happen when you're trying to essentially beat the clock, okay? So they take the sack. Now they don't have a timeout, so they have to rush the field goal unit on. So they're running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Matt Prater has to go out there because hashtag kickers, has to go out there and do his, you know, his routine that he does, takes this thing out and does this and shakes his hands and does the whole thing. Like, tick, 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 tick. And the Cardinals are getting lined up, and the Rams are running their, their personnel on and off the field trying to get their field goal unit lined up. It was, it was an absolute mess. By the time the ball went through the uprights, another and, – and, and this was I mean, just ridiculous – Another 30 seconds had gone off the clock. 37 seconds remaining in the game when that ball went through the uprights, when they should have kicked it with the clock stopped at either the 113 mark after the second down play or at the, uh, at the 106 mark after the third down incompletion when the clock was stopped. By going for it on that third and nine, when you really – look, what are you, like, you going to do? Like, what are you going to accomplish on a third and nine? Okay, you get another first down. Let's say you get 12 yards and a first down. Now you're at the 15-yard the line, okay? Clock is still running. Oh, boy, you gave yourself a new set of downs. Clock is still running. Still no points on the board. You're down 10. You have to get, you have to get the field goal anyways. So instead of kicking it at 113, they kick it, and it goes through at 37. That's, what is that, 37 seconds? 36 seconds gone off the clock. Those were valuable, valuable seconds in the NFL. They're they're like platinum. It's it's inexcusable to have that happen. And then the media after the after the the game in the press conference, nobody asked Cliff Kingsbury about why did you decide not to kick the field goal and waste 36 seconds of your offense's time farting around trying to throw the ball into the end zone. When your your quarterback and your your when your offensive line hadn't blocked anybody all night, your quarterback was running for his life the entire night. This, the the probability of a sack happening on a third and nine was incredibly high. So then, inexplicably, another onside kick gets recovered by the kicking team. The fourth onside kick recovery of week fourteen, when there were four in the entire NFL for the previous thirteen weeks total. Sean Harlow. Uh, offensive lineman opens the drive with a holding call, followed by a Kelvin Beecham false start. So they essentially began the drive first and 25 at their own 33. But because of the holding call, the Cardinals ran a play. There was 11 seconds taken off the clock. So now there's 26 seconds left. Okay? Fine. First and 25 at your own 33. 
you got to get something outside because you have no timeouts. What do they do? They throw a six-yard pass to James Conner over the middle who gets tackled basically immediately. They gains nine yards, okay? So now the clock is running. There's 21 seconds remaining or 20 seconds remaining. The Cardinals get lined up, okay? They get lined up with nine seconds to go. I'm like, okay, he's going he's gonna to spike the ball. He's going he's gonna to clock it. No, he's not. He's going to snap it. He's going to run a play. What on earth is going on? You, you don't – why did they not spike the ball? And I, I'm, I'm screaming at my television. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And, of course, all hell breaks loose. The offensive line didn't know what they were doing. The receivers probably didn't know what the hell was going on. Nobody on the offense was was together on this, and Kyler Murray gets sacked for an 18-yard loss by Aaron Donald. The game's over. That's it. Just absolutely horrible, horrible. If if you're trying to be the number one seed in the NFC and you have clock management that bad, you don't deserve to win the division, let alone win the number one seed. That was as bad as it gets. And nobody is talking about it today. I don't understand. Nobody asked Cliff Kingsbury. None of the, the soft-ass media that we have here in the state of Arizona asked Cliff Kingsbury uh, about the about the gaffe, about just completely forgetting that you were playing against a clock. What happened to all those timeouts? Oh, yeah, they had to call them on, like, you know, after, uh, you know, after a TV timeout, they had to call a timeout. Uh, they had a delay of game in, in the second half, and they, did, they couldn't call timeout then because they were out of timeout. Like, what happened? It was absolutely horrible by the Cardinals. How do you not spike the ball? Like, why do you run a play? That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, it, was, it was so bad. The Cardinals deserve to lose that football game. Period. End of story. The final stretch of the NFL season is approaching, and FanDuel Sportsbook has a little something different to offer during this weekend's matchup. The uh, Bucks and the Saints are going to be locking horns, and because FanDuel is giving new customers 25-1 to 1 odds, on any touchdown scored in the game, okay? So you can bet any touchdown scored, $5 bet wins you 125 bucks. Maybe you like Chris Godwin. Maybe you like Taysom Hill. Maybe you like Lenny, as they call him. Or my safe bet, go with the Gronkster because he didn't score a touchdown last week, so he's bound to score one this week. You can always put together a same-game parlay as well along with that. If you want to have some fun with that as well, spike your odds a little bit, give you a little bit more of a payout when you win. And you will win uh, you know, if you play smart, you're going to win. You're not going to just lose every single one, although I feel like I'm losing every single one right now. Offers like this are just one of the many reasons why I love betting the NFL on FanDuel. The app is really, really easy to use. Everybody that I've recommended to it is like, man, thanks. I was on this other one. It was a lot more difficult than FanDuel. I just only bet FanDuel now. Uh, you get fast payouts. They accept Venmo now, which makes it even faster. Uh, it's sports betting made simple, and they're always hooking you up with great offers like this one. Plus, when you win, you get paid out real quick. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just sign up with my promo code, Dean, before the Sunday night matchup this week, and you could win $125 by just making a $5 bet. But remember to use my promo code, Dean, so that they know that I sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in President Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $125. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. When we return, a final look at uh, last night's Monday Night Football game and how it affects the NFC West and the NFC playoffs. That's next right here, ESPN Tucson, the Jeff Dean Show. 
The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. The Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We're talking some NFL. Let's take a look at the the playoff seedings as it stands right now. I knew I, I told you I would have uh, my power rankings today. I don't. <laughs> Last night's game, it, it just had me like in a tizzy. I'm just like, even this morning, I'm still fired up about it. I don't even care. I'm a Niners fan. Like, I couldn't care less if the Cardinals lose, Rams lose. I hate both those teams. I, I, I really couldn't care less. Uh, I'm, and I'm glad that, you know, I guess the Rams won because I picked them to win and because it, you know, tightens up the race, I guess. But still, uh, I was just like, can we go have a scoreless tie or something? That would be fine with me. Um, but I'm, I'm still fired up this morning because that was just, it was just asinine. Like, I, I, how do you call yourself a head football coach when you manage the clock that poorly? I just, it, <laughs> and then the meet, I was like, oh, cool. I'll check out the, the, the press conference. The press conference is probably posted on YouTube by now. I'll go and check it out this morning. And I watched the press conference with Cliff, and it's just a bunch of softballs, you know. Uh, tell me how about Kyler Murray uh, performed tonight. How, what's your assessment of Kyler Murray? Did uh, Is James Conner okay after the game? Uh, it's just like softballs. Nothing about like, hey, doofus, uh, how come you decided to run an extra 37 seconds off of the clock while trying to frantically run your field goal kicking unit out there after you had – mistakenly used three timeouts earlier in the game when you needed them in a close comeback. It's just so many things you could have asked the guy and then nothing, you know, the soft ass media that we have here. Anyway, let's take a look at the standings as uh, if, it, if the playoffs were to start today, the Packers would be your number one seed. That means that the NFC would have to go through Lambeau. Yuck. The Buccaneers are the number two seed. The Cardinals would be the three seed. All three of those teams are 10 and three. Then you have the two nine and four teams. The Cowboys and the Rams would be the four and five seed, respectively. The Niners sitting on the sixth seed at seven and six, and then the Washington Football Team sitting at six and seven would be the seven seed by virtue of the tiebreaker over all of the other six and seven teams in the NFC: the Vikings, the Eagles, the Falcons, and the Saints. Uh, Panthers and Seahawks are still kind of viable, I guess, for a playoff uh, position, but uh, dwindling quickly. Uh, And then, of course, the Giants, the Bears, and the Lions out. The Lions have been mathematically eliminated from the the playoffs. Now, if you were to look at the matchups, now this is where things get interesting. If you were to look at the matchups for the first weekend of the the playoffs, Packers have the bye. They would have the number one seed. You would have the Washington football team traveling to Tampa to take on Tom Brady and the Bucs. You would have the Rams at the Cowboys, the five and the four seed. That would be a fun matchup, a rematch to watch, right? I think we'd all sign up for that one. And then you'd have the number six 49ers heading into Glendale to take on the number three Cardinals. That is not a matchup that the Cardinals want. And I know that they've beaten the 49ers twice this year. They beat them in San Francisco with Colt McCoy as quarterback. I get it. 49ers are playing much better football right now. And that game that was in Glendale, they beat the hell out of Kyler Murray in that game. Uh, It just was a situation where the Cardinals' defense made some big plays in the second half and kind of kept the 49ers out of the end zone when the 49ers were driving on several occasions to to try to win that football game. Um, 
that is not a matchup the Cardinals want, especially with the way they're playing at home right now. There's something, uh, there's something in their mind right now where they just, they just stink at home. They have 11 turnovers at home this year in their six games at home. They've turned the ball over twice in their seven and zero game, uh, their seven wins on the road. So <laughs> something's going on at home. I don't know whether it's the humid, uh, the you know the humid turf that, that you play on at, uh, at State Farm Stadium or what, but. Uh, they don't. They don't play well at home, and I think it's starting to get in their brains. And Kingsbury was asked about it. Like, oh, AJ Green was asked about it last night. Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it. And Kingsbury was just like, "Look, I get asked this question all the time. If I had a new answer, I would let you know, and I would try to figure things out and change things. I don't know what the problem is." Looking at the AFC playoffs, the three teams atop the AFC, all nine and four. The Patriots would have the one seed by virtue of the tiebreaker. The Titans would have the two seed, and the Chiefs are in the three spot. At the four and five spot are the two eight and five teams, the Ravens and the Chargers, respectively. The Colts sitting in the sixth position, and the Buffalo Bills at seven and six sitting in the number seven position. And then you have a complete logjam of teams that have not been eliminated yet because the, the, the Jets, the Texans, and the Jaguars all have been mathematically eliminated. You have the Browns, Bengals, and Broncos, the three Bs, the killer Bs, all at seven. The Bills are at seven and six also, for that matter. So Bills, Browns, Bengals, and Broncos, all at seven and six. Browns, Bengals, and Broncos would be right there, eight, nine, and ten, kind of sitting you know, in the, uh, in the bubble spot. Then you have the Steelers, who are in a little bit of trouble at six, six, and one. And then you have the Raiders and the Dolphins, who are at six and seven, that are in a lot of trouble. They can't really afford to lose more than well they certainly can't afford to lose more than two games uh even if they if they finish eight and nine i still don't think they have a shot at making the playoffs and to be honest with you i don't think the raiders are, the raiders might not win another game this season they're just playing so poorly right now if the afc playoffs started today the patriots would be on a bye which means that the afc would have to go through foxborough yuck just like lambo yuck don't want to play playing those games in january and february that's for damn sure uh, the number seven Bills would be traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans, a, a rematch of a game there where the Titans just beat the hell out of out of the Bills in that game, and uh, it, the Bills did have an opportunity to uh, to try to win that football game late, but uh, Josh Allen slips and falls, and that was it. Uh, the number six Colts would be traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. That'd be a great game. Uh, I'd sign up for that one. That's that's got forty-two to thirty-eight written all over it. Uh, and then the Chargers at the Ravens. I don't know. Here's the thing about the Ravens. Like, they're so unpredictable because they're, they're, they're such a well-coached team. They have this incredible culture there under John Harbaugh in Baltimore. I, I don't know if I would trust Justin Herbert on the road against the Ravens, but I can guarantee you that the Ravens wouldn't win two games in the playoffs. Like, there's just no way. Like, I don't think any of the – the AFC North teams are capable of winning, of going on a run. Maybe the Browns may win a game. If the Bengals get in, they may win their first weekend matchup. But I, I, you know, I don't see any of them going deep. Like, I don't see the Broncos going deep if they get in. Um, but I could see six of the other teams going deep in the AFC. Like, Patriots, Titans, Chiefs, to me, all have the ability to get to the Super Bowl. They're all really good teams. If the Titans can get healthy, Again, get a few more guys back. And if they get Derrick Henry back for the postseason, holy smokes, look out. Uh, the Ravens, as I mentioned, I don't think they're capable of winning multiple games in the postseason. Uh, the Chargers, oh, that's an iffy proposition. If defense steps up, they can beat anybody. And then the Colts, I think they're talented enough to go on a run as long as Carson Wentz doesn't 
throw the football away. And the Bills had better figure out how to run the football if they want to do anything in the postseason. I mean, I'm just talking about winning their first game. If they want to do anything in the postseason, they better figure out how to run the damn ball because they, they can't do it right now. It's just it's poor football. So those are your matchups right now. Uh, the Thursday night game coming up, Chiefs at Chargers, big one uh, on, uh, on Thursday night. We'll have a full preview of that. Right now the, the Chiefs are favored by four uh, for that game, so we'll have a full preview of that coming up for Thursday night football. Big, big game there. And, of course, Thursday night football. Uh, we, you can find the Spears and Ali show out every Thursday afternoon doing their show live from 3 to 6 at the Native Grill and Wings in Marana. Located on the southwest corner of Cortero and I-10. Make sure to download the Native Grill and Wings loyalty app. You get special offers and promotions. Check out the food and drink specials that Native Grill and Wings have. And then you can stay and watch the big Thursday night football game on their multitude of TVs and enjoying the food and drink that they provide there as well. Thursday night football at Native Grill and Wings in Marana, home of the original Arizona Wing. More after this on the Jeff Dean Show. It's ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Hey, in all seriousness, folks, look, be careful out there, all right? Like, keep yourself safe. Keep your loved ones safe. Try to stay as healthy as you can. We are seeing a huge spike in COVID-19 positives, and almost all of them are breakthrough cases, uh, people who are vaccinated. And I'm just going to go off of the NFL numbers that happened yesterday because there was a a COVID-19 bomb dropped on the NFL yesterday as 37 personnel tested positive just yesterday alone. Tested positive for COVID nineteen. We know what happened with the with the LA Rams. They had five guys just on the Rams by themselves leading up to the game against the Cardinals. Now, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, or not even I mean, yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but now by I guess uh, we talked about the month of November being the highest ever in the NFL for positive tests. There were eighty seven positive tests in the month of November, which beat the months of October and September combined. So, look, it's, it's, it's ramping up, folks, and these are breakthrough cases. And I don't know, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist. I don't know if these are situations where these players have been, or people, just, you know, human beings, have been vaccinated, got vaccinated really early, and those vaccines are now waning, or, you know, they're, they're not as effective because they're old. They've, you know, they've had them for longer than eight months in their body or whatever, or if it's a new variant or whatever, regardless of the, of the case. I know a lot of people who are positive or are testing positive right now. Now, the good thing is, is people aren't getting horribly sick from it because the vaccinations are helping in that aspect. Uh, but a lot of people are just are, are getting it uh, right now. And the NFL is releasing their numbers. They had a huge hit yesterday. And Mondays are when vaccinated players get tested. They get tested once per week. They get tested on Mondays. So those 37 positives were most likely vaccinated players now, unvaccinated players they get tested every day so there could have been a few non-vaccinated players mixed in there as well i'm not going to just say it was 100 percent. i don't know 
Um, but most likely the spike was because vaccinated players are having breakthroughs. So stay safe out there. Keep yourselves healthy. Just do what you can. You don't. Nobody wants to be sick around the holidays, okay, whether it's COVID, flu, allergies, uh, common cold, you know, bronchitis, whatever have you. Uh, just, you know, keep yourself safe out there. Do whatever you can. You know, and again, it's free country out there, and uh, you can make a choice to be vaccinated or not be vaccinated. That's on you. you know, whatever whatever you want to do, I'm certainly not going to pass any judgment on you, and nobody else should either. But just do what you can to keep yourself safe out there. Nobody wants to be sick for the holidays, and it's running rampant right now. So be careful out there. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to talk a lot of U of A. A lot of U of A stuff. Arizona football as early signing period is coming to a close. Arizona introduces their new defensive assistant. We have some men's basketball news, some women's basketball news, all big stuff going on on campus there at University of Arizona. Stay tuned for hour number two. Just a quick little two-minute turnaround here like we always do at the top of the hour, and we'll have more for you right here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.